Welcome to the Willow Ridge Sermons Podcast. This is where you can find audio from Sunday morning messages and more. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss future episodes, and thanks for listening. Amen. You can be seated. If you've got your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, I want you to invite me. Listen, as we wrap up Proverbs, all right, I want to invite you to join me in Luke chapter 18. I'll explain in just a minute, all right? It's been a wonderful journey going through Proverbs together to start off this new year. Uh, This is going to be our last uh, Sunday with with looking at Proverbs. I want to encourage you, those of you who've been on this journey with us, finish out the month, finish it out well, keep going, all right? Um, I had somebody ask me one time, what version of reading the Bible daily do you recommend? And here's my answer, whatever version you're going to do, all right? So whether that's read through the Bible in a year, whether that's read through a book a month, whatever journey, right, you want to go on within this, God's Word is good, it's powerful, we want you to get into that. So whatever you're going to do and be faithful with and extend yourself grace when you fall short, want to encourage you to to do and to be a part of that. Um, If you're a guest here at Willow Ridge Church, I want to say thank you for being here and for worshiping with us. We count it a blessing and an honor. Uh, that you would take time out of your schedule uh, to be here and to worship with us uh, this morning. You'll notice that there are these cards that say, Welcome to Willow Ridge, around you. If you wouldn't mind filling one of those out, and then you've got a couple of options with it. As you leave, you can drop it here in the basket as you go out, or after the service is over with, um, Aaron and myself will be back here at this table to my left. We would love to come back there. Thank you again for worshiping with us. And then if you've got any questions, you like for us to answer about our church, we would love. We'll stay there all afternoon and talk with you, all right? There is no rush whatsoever on that. So we've got that for our first time guest. And then our men's dinner. I got these cards as well that are out there come February 9th. That's a Friday at 6.30. Uh, We're going to gather together and we are going to eat all we can eat of shrimp and oysters. And it is going to be good. All right. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I shared last week, I'm wearing some stretchy pants. All right. So that will be good to go. Um, And so we can just go and go and go and go and go. And that will be fun. But here's the deal. As good as the food is going to be. I am so excited because Daryl Cheeks, one of our missionaries that's a part of our church, is here, and Daryl's going to be sharing that night. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I've got the privilege, um, I know it's probably embarrassing Daryl, but I get the privilege, Daryl's a part of my men's group that meets on Thursday mornings, and just to sit each week and just to, to learn from him as we share together, as we learn from each one of us in opening God's Word, and I'm so excited that he is going to be uh, sharing uh, on that evening. So with that said, when we talk through our discipleship model, um, we have relational small uh, we have relational discipleships that largely happen in our small groups and some of our studies. We have theological discipleship that happens. Uh, most of you, a lot of you, were in one of those settings if you came during the nine o'clock hour and were a part of that, where we understand why we believe what we believe um, and what do we believe in God's word. But another part that that we're mentioning that we're talking about that we're wanting to flesh out a little bit more 
for is this conversation called missional discipleship. And what that is, is an opportunity for, for you to share the gospel with someone that you're going with a, a non-believer, us talking about the hope that we have in Christ. And I just want to say, this is a wonderful opportunity to bring a guy that you know, right? There's the truth that this is a meeting at the church and we're going to talk about Jesus, right? We're not hiding that. We're, we're not scared to invite under that umbrella of knowing that that's what we're going to do. But I know a lot of guys that will do a lot of things to eat as many shrimp and oysters as they can for 20 bucks, all right? And so I want you to invite your guys, invite your friends. You can register by this QR code on here. And then a challenge for, you, for, for us, I want to challenge you with this. If there's someone that you know that needs to be here, I don't care if they make a million dollars a year, Guys, if there's somebody that you know that is far from the Lord who does not know him and they need to be here, you buy your ticket, you buy his ticket, you invite him and bring him here with you and, and see what God is, is going to do in that. Well, this has been a, a wonderful series of, of working through Proverbs together. This week, as I sat down at, behind my computer with my Bible open and the commentary set out, I, I stumbled across an article this week. Before I got started into the message prep, a, a, a news article on the news site that I went to popped up from the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic filled with men and women way smarter than me. Not smarter than you, way, way, way smarter with me. And the article said this, seven tips to increase your energy and to live a happier, healthier and more productive life. Well, it's still January, so I want to be healthier, right? So I was like, well, Mayo, they're, they're smart. They're going to have figured out that to be happy and healthy means more peanut M&Ms, right? So, so I clicked on the article. And I gave seven, I want, I want to read these to you. Seven things at the Mayo Clinic, through all of their research, through the brightest minds in the world of what they came up with, all right? Seven tips, increase your energy, to live a happier, healthier, more productive life. Number one, eat nourishing food. Wah, wah, all right? <laughs> but here's the deal, we all know what that means, we, right? Food that tastes bad, all right, number two. Number two, sleep seven to eight hours per night. All right, yeah. Every parent in here was like, that's funny, right? Right? But we, we know what that is. Like, we get sleep. We don't have to define that. We, we know what that means. Number three, keep company with people you enjoy being around. That's not hard either, right? All of you just went in your mind. If you're, if you're positive, you went to people that you enjoy. If you're negative, you went to people that you don't enjoy, right? Like you went there. If you're sitting next to the people you enjoy, that's wonderful. If you're sitting next to the people you don't enjoy, don't share that with anybody right now, okay? Email Dave. He'll get you worked out with that this week, all right? Number four, this is going to be hard for some of us. Number four, happier, healthier, more productive life. Number four, avoid news 
overdose. All right. I figured out this week that grumpy old man syndrome, this is where it comes from, all right? All right. Sit around, watch news all day, but we know what that means. We know how to do that. Cut off the TV, close the computer, put away the cell phone. For like four or five of us, cancel your newspaper subscription, all right? <laughs> Avoid the news overdose. Number five, number five. Get regular exercise. I wasn't shocking that that's on there. They define that, regular exercise. They defined it for us. 150 minutes a week. A week. That's not too bad. Roughly 21 minutes and 30 seconds a day. Hey, go get some exercise. Get out. We, we, we know what that is. All of us know what it means to go for a walk, to go for a jog, to lift some weights. We know what it means to do more than what we did yesterday. We know that. Number six, happier, healthier, more productive life. Do something meaningful each day. Hmm. Do something meaningful. But then they define this. They say something meaningful is defined by something you're passionate about. Every day, do something that you're passionate about. In the article, they said, if you can't think of anything that you're passionate about, which they say a lot of Americans can fall into this category, they said every day, treat yourself to a song that you love and listen to that song every day. Well, that song we just sang might be one that I put into the repertoire for me, right? That's not hard. Last one. I struggled with this one. Not at first, but how they define to do this. Number seven, last one. Think good thoughts of others. Don't think bad thoughts. Think good thoughts. I'm on board with this. And then they defined how to do this. If you struggle with that, if you struggle with thinking, how many of you raise your hand, struggle with, I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> not going to do that. If you struggle with that, email Dave this week. He's got some time. <laughs> so if you struggle with this, and this is the part that I struggle with, I tried this this week. All right, I, I tried this. It, it was tough. If you struggle with this, they said that you need to practice what is called kind attention. Kind attention, this is what you need. And here's how kind attention is defined. You gotta do this with strangers. When you're in the room with a stranger, first make eye contact and then smile and then say to yourself, I wish you well. I tried that this week. In that moment where we made eye contact and I smiled, got so uncomfortable <laughs> that I couldn't remember what to say. I was lost. So I was expecting a little bit more from the Mayo Clinic. I was expecting a little bit more of a scientific formula. But they came out, honestly, with, with seven things that aren't difficult. Like we know how, how to do these things, whether you want to show kind attention to strangers you've never met or not. 
Right? We know how to think good thoughts of others. We know how to do meaningful things. We know how to eat right. We know how to get rest. We, we know how, how, how to do these. But, but the difficulty is we choose not to do them. Right? We know that a grilled chicken breast with some kale and some broccoli is good for us, right? But Chick-fil-A gets you through that line really quick. And even if you get the grilled nuggets, you got 900 calories of sauce that you can put on them, you know? Right? Like, we get it. We know seven to eight hours of sleep is what we should get. But our TV show comes on at 10, and Starbucks was running double points on my way home, and, and just drinks without caffeine aren't right. You know what I mean? And so we get that. And we know we gotta get up early. And so we squeeze in. So we know what to do. The problem is where you and I struggle is implementing what we know. When it comes to Proverbs, and we said this from the beginning, the, the truth that we see in God's word, it's powerful, it's purposeful, it's impactful. They aren't complicated. But if you've been on this journey with us this month, the big issue is how do we implement this? How do I go from where I'm at to where I should be? Berger and, and I talked this morning about that song and the connection for this. Every one of us in here knows, knows that in Christ we were made for more. Every one of us. The problem is we choose less every day. We choose less. So this morning, what I want us to do is take a quick overview. We, we've kind of hit some of these topical things, and I want us to look back at these and just continue to, to, to line out that these, these truths of Proverbs are, are, are powerful, the issue is not God and his expectation. The, the issue is us. And then we're going to try to unpack very quickly uh, in, in Luke 18 why we struggle with doing this, okay? So here's some more things that we haven't necessarily talked about, but is filled and, and, and rich of Proverbs. Pro Proverbs talks about planning for your life. Planning for your life. Like how to figure out what to do from, from day to day. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Right? The beauty of that. Who is in your life that you trust, that can give you godly counsel, and then are you listening to them? Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Right? The truth of that plan, prepare, keep your faith in the Lord. He's working, he's moving, he's doing, and we can't outplan or prepare God. And the beauty of, of who he is. Proverbs 21, 30 through 31. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of 
battle. But the victory, the victory belongs to the Lord. Write it in there. I wrote this phrase, you know, it came to my mind like, remember where you came from. Remember who to give credit to. Remember who to give glory for. Right? We, we, we see this, give the Lord all the glory and, and honor and praise. How, how simple would it be? As we think about the future, as we think about what retirement for those of us that are thinking about that or getting our kids through, through college or, or, or starting a family or, or getting married or, or like all of the things that are there, how, how beautiful is it if we were to go into this and take the truths of what it looks like to plan from your future for God's word? But we struggle and we run our own way. In here it talked about marriage and Dating, right? Proverbs 31.10, an excellent wife, who can find? She's far more precious than jewels. Proverbs 12.4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. I, I, I love this. The, the, the marriage is sacred. Marriage is, is from God. There's, there's a standard. Like we, we could go on and, and, and on within this. There's this beautiful picture of what God says that when you take a man of God and a woman of God, right? Like that's his plan. Man of God, woman of God, and they're together, the beauty and the value of that. Right? And then when the description, how are women defined? How is a wife defined in this? As a precious, more precious than jewels. The crown of her husband. Like we can begin every premarital and marital counseling session like this. Guys, if you're a man of God, your wife or future wife is priceless, treat them as such. Ladies, going into this, Going into your marriage, if he didn't then, it's going to be difficult going forward. The value of what's there. But we struggle. We struggle. We struggle with putting God first in our marriage. We struggle dating the right person that God would have us to date. We want to do things our way, our plan, our time. All right, here we go. Parent-child relationships. There's lots in Proverbs with parent-child relationships. Just got a handful that, that we want to get to. Um, grandparents, you're with me at the end. Last one, all right? Proverbs 23, 24 through 25. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. 
right? Parenting is a joy and it is a privilege above all else and should be treated as so. And with that, kids, whether you're 14, 44, or 74, right? This, this doesn't, like, you're still their child. Whether they're alive or dead, may you be the joy. May you be a joy for them, right? Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death, right? Ignoring sinful behavior is destructive. Stop. Stop. Parent them. Disciple them. Grow them. Love them. Mature them. And then Proverbs 22.6 continues in that thought. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, you know this, is, this is called proactive parenting. Train up a child. I was talking to one of, one, one of our men in our, in our church this week, and he was talking about this, this verse. And he said, you know, he, he was writing in his journal about Proverbs 22.6, and he was thinking about that concept of train up, train up, train up. Um, and... and um, here we go. It's more than do what I say. To train up a child, the picture of what we're given is yes, we do, we do teach with our words. We say we give instruction. But to train up a child is to model what I do. Model what I do. You know, I just wish they'd spend more time with the Lord and put a greater emphasis on their relationship with God. Well, are you training them up to do that? Like, do they watch that in you? Do they observe that in you? Is this where we're at? Is this what we're, we're working toward? Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. Right? The joy of being a grandparent. Let's talk about that for a minute, all right? The joy of being a grandparent. I hear this phrase a lot. And when my kids were young, it made me cringe and I hated it. Now at 44, I'm thinking more about it. I see the wisdom in this. I hear the, you know, when they come to grandma or grandpa's house, we get to spoil them and then do what, grandparents? Send them back. Send them back. Man, I hated that. I hated that. Oh, I will tell y'all a story. I'm not going to say whose dad this was, but it was either mine or Aaron's. It was hers. We, uh, it was before we moved up here, so our kids were like three or four years old. And they were back in the backyard playing. And the beauty of twins is they've always got a, they've always got a, uh, a, somebody to play with. And, and our kids have always gotten along well. And, and 
I don't know, like as a parent, one of my greatest joys, especially when my kids were, were little, um, now I want to sneak and listen to their conversations, but, but even then I wanted to sneak and listen to them. When they were playing, because you could just hear them. And so they're back in Grayson's room, and his, his room is kind of toward the back of the hallway. And so I go down, and, and, and I'm just listening, and, you know, I don't know, like, are we going to get, like, Paw Patrol? Like, are we going to get... Um, uh, Barney, I think that was still something, right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, we were Dora and Diego, right? Like that was it. And you could hear their little voices, you know? And then I heard Emma's. And she said, what do you think, Dinozo? <laughs> and then Grayson said, I don't know, Abby. I was like, Dinozo? Abby? What part of Diego was that on, you know? Was that an episode of VeggieTales that we missed out on? And then it clicked with me. That's from NCIS. <laughs> Little kids are snitches, man. Brought them in there. Aaron's like, how do y'all know this? I'll be honest, I'm thinking like, don't tell him dad. Don't tell him dad. <laughs> don't tell him dad. I had him on Fridays. It was just me and them, you know. And, and they said, well, when we go to Pop's house, we get in bed with Pop. And they called it Bleed. We watch Bleed. We watch NCIS with Pop. Now, as... As wise parents of three years old, or, or three-year-old parents, you know, like, we, we've got this figured out. We're enraged. How could he do this? Aaron on the phone with one of our dads, right? <laughs> My dad did way worse, all right? But got on the phone, and I, he goes... I, lo I love my father-in-law. I do. I love him. The wisdom, the generosity, the kindness the, just that he gives us. And, and, and he, he's loud. Those of you who have met him, you know that he, he talks really loud. So, like, you think he's on speaker, but he's not. Like, you can just hear the conversation. And he goes, sweetie, when they come to Pops, it's Pops rules. You know? Now, here's what we had to wrestle with. I'm going to get the message here in a minute, all right? But I, this is all, this is all for, for parents, all right? Here's what we had to wrestle with. Do we want a free date night? <laughs> Y'all see where this is going. Parents, it's turning around on you. Do we want free date night? Or do we want my 65-year-old father-in-law to watch nothing but Veggie Tales? You know what I mean? All right, here's the deal, here's the deal, all right? I want to say this to parents, and, and all, all joking aside, I, I mean this, okay? I, I mean this. When you've got grandparents who love the Lord, I get it, I get it. You just read the blog, you just watched the video, you just read the book, I, I did all those things. But when you got grandparents who love the Lord, it's precious. All right? And I know they don't do everything the way that you would like them to do it. 
There's, there's chocolate after nine o'clock. There's chocolate for breakfast. There's chocolate for lunch. And then they'll like give them their healthy meal by taking them to Captain B's, all right? That's what, you know, for dinner, for dinner. But it's precious, it's precious. And the joy that they have with them is good. Grandparents, remember this. God entrusted your kids with those kids, right? And honor them and respect them and, and, and work alongside with them, all right? But parents, if you want free date night, all right? Might not have to, you might have to give in on the NCIS, all right? All right, but these things aren't hard. They're not hard, but we struggle. Next, work-life balance. Proverbs talks a lot about this, work-life work balance. I gotta work fast, all right. Proverbs 28, 19, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. That's good, that's good. Work hard, work with integrity, work for the right things. That's it, that's it. Parents, you want your kids to have a good job? Make sure this applies. You wanna have a good job? Make sure this applies. Work hard, work with integrity, work for the right things. Proverbs 23, four through five, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is, it is, uh, it is gone for suddenly it sprouts wings, flies like an eagle toward heaven. Work hard, work with integrity, find con contentment, don't chase the dollar. Don't chase the dollar. What we have just read, we're gonna jump over to Luke 18 now. What we have just read is not complicated. And I would argue for most of us, what we've done is affirm what we already know. So why is it so difficult for you and I to apply this? Where does the breakdown come? Not just in Proverbs, but in all of God. When, when we sing that I was made for more, but then we walk out of here and we settle for less. Where does that breakdown come from? And, and here's where I think the breakdown is. Moving wisdom from knowledge to practice. Moving wisdom from knowledge to practice. So where does that, where do we begin on that journey? We recognize, I do some foolish things, you do some foolish things, we do some foolish things. We know the right thing to do, but we struggle in doing it. Proverbs 1-7 is where we begin first week. First week. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's where it begins. That's where it begins. In your relationship with God. And wisdom begins in right relationship with Him. To accept the wisdom of God is to connect it to our faith in Him. Our faith in Him. Not our knowledge 
about him, not what we want from him, but our faith in him. Now Luke 18, there's this encounter that Jesus has with a guy who earthly standard, probably pretty wise, pretty sharp, pretty sharp guy, successful, influential, young. Jesus has this encounter, what we've come to know as the rich young ruler. Luke 18, uh, starting verse 18 says, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he, being this ruler, said, all these I have kept from my youth. I've done them all, Jesus. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Here's the wisdom bomb in the moment that Jesus is going to give him. Jesus isn't sneaky. He's not confusing. He doesn't complicate it. He doesn't send him on uh, an exploratory find. He says, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Hmm. Jesus, I want something. I want eternal life. You think you've done all these things? Now, he hadn't done all those things. We don't, we don't have the time in, to, to, to dig into that. You know that. I know that. Like he, this, this young man had, had not done all those things. He thinks he has. He, he, he's wise in his, in his own eyes. He, he's righteous in his own works. And so Jesus says, okay, okay. Well, then, then, then go and sell all that you have, all that you feel like you've worked hard for, that you've gained, that you've acquired, and, and go and give after you sell it all, and, and all means all. Give it to those that you probably feel like don't deserve it. Give it to them. Then, then you're going to have the treasure in heaven and then Jesus says, and come follow me. Come follow me. You see, it's a, it's a conversation about faith. And in this conversation of faith, what this man thinks that he has is obedience. Faith, obedience. And, and, and Jesus says, but, but when... When you put faith in Christ and we go toward obedience 
and we move toward that. There's these other pieces that, that Jesus addresses that I think God's Word constantly gives us. It's these adjustments. That, that, that faith leads to, in, in your life and into my life, uh, adjustments as he calls us, as he directs us, as he commands us, as the power of the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. Like, you ever been there one day and like, like you didn't think that was sinful yesterday and you're kind of back into that practice today and you realize, man, that's, that's sinful? And there's these adjustments that, under the guidance and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that, that bring forth this obedience. You see, the, the issue with this young man is he wanted the fruit of following Jesus. He wanted the benefit of it. But he was unwilling to make the adjustments in his life of what Christ was calling him to to follow him. In another instance, Jesus says, in order to follow me, you gotta take up your cross. Jesus says, in order to follow me, you gotta count the cost. Maybe, maybe we want the contentment and the satisfaction in our job, but we want to chase the wrong things to get it. Maybe we want the wife that everyone acknowledges is the jewel, but we treat her like the garbage. Maybe we want the child who loves the Lord and does what they're supposed to do, but we're unwilling to do the training as parents that it requires to get them there. Often, what we want is the fruit of obedience, but we aren't willing to make the necessary adjustments. And the rich young ruler walked away sad. By that, to the Mayo study from the very beginning, right? We know what it means to eat healthy. I know that. But that McDonald's app is going to pop up like 20 nuggets for 99 cents. Right? I'm there. We, we know what it takes to have 21 minutes of, of, of exercise and seven hours of sleep every day. But we're going to choose to do something else. You know, God has not made obedience to him impossible or difficult. But the question is this. Are we willing to make the necessary adjustments to see that happen? Do you want a type of proverb? Do you want a Proverbs marriage? Then, then are you are, are you dating a godly man or a godly woman? Are are you in a marriage and you want a godly marriage? Then how, how do you speak to one another? How do you 
spend time together? How do you serve one another? D- do you want Proverbs type relationship with your kids? Then how do you correct them? How do you love them? How do you show them affection? How do you spend time with them? What do you model for them? Do, do, do you want a Proverbs type plan for your life? Then, then who are you bringing into your circle? Who are you listening to? What are the goals that you're pursuing? Who are you giving credit to? You see, making the move to realizing that I'm made for more is looking at where you're at right now. Right now. God didn't put an Empire State Building in front of you and say, jump over it. But he gave you some steps to walk up. And he gives you the power through his Holy Spirit to be obedient to do it. He didn't cast you out there and say, do it on your own. He said, I'm going to do it with you. And this is where we're going to go. You and I were made for more. God, if you are saved... If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, let me say this to you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God loves you too much to save you and then leave you right where you're at. He wants to work and he wants to move and he wants to change you and he wants to grow you. About eight years ago, I realized there were some things about me as a dad that needed to grow and that needed to change if I wanted my kids to be who God had for them and if I wanted the relationship with them that I longed for. And with tough conversations with my wife about me, and with tough conversations with other about me, I just adjusted and adjusted and adjusted. And every day in my failures and in my successes, we adjust. C.S. Lewis, Burger, when y'all were singing this song, this, this quote came to mind, and I wanted to get it right. Searched, I got to hear my phone to you. C.S. Lewis, in this, he, he wrote this. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who goes on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far 
too easily pleased. That rich young ruler walked back to money, houses, women, to the applause of man. And he walked away sad because Jesus offered him more. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want you to know whatever mindset, whatever pursuit, whatever goal, whatever dream, whatever hope you have, not only is Jesus more, but Jesus is only. Everything that you're pursuing will be burned up and gone. But Christ, but Christ is eternal and he holds your hope for eternity. And those of us who know Jesus, man, he saved us. He saved us from our sin. He took us out of the pit. He did what we could not do for ourselves. We did not earn our salvation. He gave it to us. Go and live like those who are a part of the family of God. You can, I can. But what adjustments is God leading you to make this morning? Would you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, I come to you this morning, Lord, and I just thank you, Lord, for your work and for how you move. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful, powerful simplicity that is found in Proverbs. Lord, I pray that within us, with who we are under the guidance and the power, Lord, of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would see and examine those adjustments that we need to make. Whether it's in our pursuits, in our passions, in our relationships, in our witness, in our jobs, in our families, or whatever it is. Whatever you say, we're just taking that turn, taking that adjustment, making that move, just trusting in you. Lord, would we not settle for what we are? May we believe in you and what we can become. God, I pray. I pray for anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, a path that I ran down, chased and pursued, thinking what I could find is contentment and satisfaction. And Lord, I know where they are. I know where they've been. And Lord, I know what you offer. God, to, to be able to explain 
the weight that you remove from us and as you forgive us for every sin past, every sin present, every sin future. Or as you take away our shame and give us confidence in you, faith in you, love in you. Lord, I pray that they would not go from this place without making themselves right with God. Jesus, work in us, move in us, do what you're going to do and what only you can do in us. And this is in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check back next week for another episode. In the meantime, you can visit us at willowridgechurch.org or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.